ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. I think this is back-to-back days. We played a song called I Miss You. Blink 182. Big reunion day for them. Number two almost passed away in a plane crash. And Blink and 1-8 were left without a band member. And when two came back. They said, I miss you. And they all yeah, got back together. Yes, correct. Right. That's how it that's all how, went that's down. That's how it went down. Yes. All right, uh, you caught up with Jerry McNamara prior to the show today. Um, I, I was unable to get here on time, but you ha- you showed yesterday you could handle the interview. Yes, I might as well just do the show by myself. Yeah. Someone called in and said, Paul, you're going to get your own show one day. Now you haven't. You're, just, you're pushing yourself out the door, kid. You you're had making it for, yourself uh, less, uh, less useful. Um, you, yeah, you, you had the whole show to yourself for a segment with Jerry. So uh, here it is. Uh, Paulie led him off by asking about the uh, progression of Judah Mintz from the start of the season to now. Yeah, he's played really well, you know, overall. I, I think the biggest thing late in games is uh, obviously some of the plays get magnified in terms of, you know, one possession is, you know, such an important one because it's come down to singular plays in some of these big games. Um, I thought the BC game late in the game, he was just so composed. We had really good possessions in terms of time, you know, time of possession. Uh, you know, 25, 30 second shot clock possessions where it ended up in a layup or a quality shot. So, you know, sometimes it's just about a young guy learning to be a little more patient and going through his progressions. And he's such a good paint toucher and, and ability off the bounce that he can get to pretty much anywhere he wants to go. So the fact that he's able to create and make plays for other, I think he had three assists in the last few minutes. So uh, just really quality possessions down the stretch for us. That was what what I was going to ask you about his play at the end there. It felt like he wasn't trying to do it himself, and he made two awesome passes at the end of that game. Yeah, if you go back and watch, he actually, one of the possessions that I think early in the year he might have kept going was uh, late in the game where we had, I think we had a two-possession lead where he came down one on three and had a full head of steam. And I think maybe earlier in the year he might have gone and tried to create contact against two or three guys. And he's talented enough to get in there, but a lot of times when you go against you know, unequal of a, of a of an advantage. You know, you're not going to get a call like that. And he backed it out. We ended up getting 25 seconds of a possession, resulted in a layup. So, um, you know, just the learning curve. You know, he's he's you know obviously really talented, but um, you know he's put together more complete performances. You know, as the year has progressed. Maybe you can move over to Joe Girard's play the past few games. And you know, is there a way that we were talking in the office today that those two can dominate together? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they've played multiple games really well together. You know, Joe's, he's got to continue to take the shots that he got. I, I thought he got really quality looks for him. Um, you know, even the first possession where he took his first two shots was on the same possession. He got an offensive rebound and kick out, and he took another quality look. Um, you know, one thing that that people don't see, obviously, he's had really big performances on the offensive end this year, really throughout his career. But the one thing they don't see is how his routine doesn't change, um, even after his his you know for his standards low uh, 
performance in terms of shooting the ball. So, you know, the ball's going to still bounce at 11 a.m. the next morning, and he's going to be there for an hour going through his routine, and then he's going to show up at 3 to get an hour of work in with me. So uh, he continues to put in the work, and that's how he's gotten over the hurdle. Any other time he's had a performance that he wasn't happy with, he continues to lean into how hard he's preparing. And, um, you know, we're going to live with the guys that put in the work and, you know, have proved in the past that they can – you know, joking, he's as good a shooter as anybody out there. So if he takes the quality look that he's gotten, we'll live with the result. You know, another player that looked like he took a big step last game was Jesse. Uh, maybe you could talk about Jesse's performance and can you expect him to make moves like that in the post for the rest of the season? I'd say the one shimmy move he made in the second half I hadn't seen yet. Um, <laughs> that one was one I kind of, I think I leaned back in my chair. I, you know, he, he got to the middle and had it in the left hand. And, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon shimmy faked and finished with the left. And he, he had like three or four really difficult finishes. Uh, he had a left hand hook in the first half. He had a right hand hook from like eight feet through contact in the second half right in front of our bench. Um, you know, but coach, we, we, we gave him a, a lot of usage percentage in the two practices leading into that game. That it, you know, Coach had made it a point in practice we were going to work through Jesse in a lot of different stretches of getting him the ball and getting him a lot of usage. You know, we knew Quentin Post is a really good player, and we want to kind of go at him a little bit on the other end in terms of trying to keep him occupied and um, force him to play on that end of the court because you knew what he was capable of offensively. So and Jesse's had some really big performances as well this year, and, um, you know, we think he's – Right up there, as good as anybody in our league, and uh, any opportunity we get to give him the ball, we're gonna we're gonna feed him. I'm not a basketball player, but last night I'm watching I'm watching LeBron break Kareem's record, and you just mentioned Jesse shooting hook shots. Why why do more centers not do that anymore? Is it just not a good shot, or is it too hard to learn? I don't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's hook shot is one that's easy to to, to make. I, <laughs> well, think the, yeah, right. I think the baby hook uh, is pretty much an indefensible play. I mean, I work on it even with the guards. Uh, you know, being able to get in the paint, you've seen Thimir get to it, you know, often. You know, when he needs to make a play and get in the paint, he, he carves out space, he creates a new angle, and he shoots that little floater, you know, which is equivalent to a big guy's baby hook. And, um, you know, Jesse's gotten to it a lot. You know, we'd like to to see any big guy that we have get to that shot if they need to get a shot on the basket inside of six feet. Um, it's just a, such a difficult play to defend. You can't really uh, get a hand contest if you carve out space and do it the right way. And uh, the key is you don't make yourself small. You know, when you're creating contact in the post, you can't duck your head down. As soon as you do that, you might as well be my height. So, you know, stay vertical, use your legs, stay balanced. And if you do those things, you're going to get to an easy quality baby hook shot. All right, just want to hit on one more player on your team. Malik has just been steady, you know, and maybe you could just talk about how he got to where he is. Has he always been this way? He shows zero emotion on the court, so it's kind of hard to get a read on the kid. He, yeah, he's always been like that. Um, you know, it's funny during his recruiting process and Coach and I would talk about it and the rest of the staff would talk about it. And, you know, one of the things that I kept coming back to is we're going to love coaching him um, just because he, he's a selfless kid. He makes the right plays, plays hard. That's never about him. It's always about winning. 
and he's got some of the best hands on both ends of the court. Like if you throw him a bullet pass offensively, he's most likely going to catch it, and he's a really, really good finisher. Uh, but he's got great hands defensively. We've seen multiple times where he comes up and he's covering the wing and he pokes it out of the perimeter player's hands. He's just got a great demeanor about him. Um, just finds himself in the right spot, understands the game, knows his role. Um, you know, and, and he has a lot of room for offensive upside, which was of, of all the things about his game was as intriguing as anything was. He never looked to score. He didn't look to score in AAU because they had big-time players um, in terms of offensively. The kid Tyler Nickel, who's at North Carolina, Donald Ham, I think, was on that team, who's at Boston College, who's out with an injury. So they had a lot of scoring. Justin early in the years would, would play with him. So, you know, when, when you watch him work out and you see the, how fluid he is and his movements, how quality of finisher he is, I mean, shooting 70% from the field this year. Um, you know, he's he, he's – in the early stages of, of being a, you know, next really, really good forward in our program. You know, how do you get other guys to follow what he does? If it's, you say he's in the right spot, he flashes to the basket when Jesse's double teamed. He, you know, is that something that he just does naturally or is it something that he learned from you guys? I think he does a lot of it naturally. Um, you know, he, he, if you watch him anytime Jesse gets sent, where there's a secondary defender, he's always on the backside trying to maneuver to get around the rim and, and create position. He's a lot like Bull in terms of when he catches it out at 17 feet, he's a ball mover. He's going to keep it moving and try to create another angle for the guard. He's going to look into Jesse, the quality passer and ball handler. So uh, I just think he has a natural feel for the game. He knows who he is and what he can do. Um, I think the next stage for him is, is you know, He's worked hard on knocking down the 17-footer. He's always been a good ball handler, and he's always been a quality driver from 15 feet and in to finish. Uh, we just haven't seen him do a lot of it. We do in practice. You guys haven't seen him do a lot of it in, game, in games because he knows right now that's not necessarily the role for him. The role for him is to keep it moving, to, keep, to, to stay active. Even if he catches and doesn't have a high load of Jesse, he's going to swing it opposite wing chase or, or down screen on the other side and create an angle for somebody. So he's a constant mover. He's finding the right areas. He's a great offensive rebounder. And, you know, just like we saw in the Boston College game, he's a quality passer. He created two threes for Justin and a, and a hockey assist, uh, you know, which was equivalent, equivalent to nine points, you know, off of two offensive rebounds and a fast break. Two more questions for you, Jerry. What's the – morale of this team right now with with all the outside noise going on and you know and do you use your experience to say hey this isn't over yet we we can still reach our goals sure yeah i, I think the morale overall is encouraged um i think when you break it down we've just missed a lot of opportunities um you know but i think with the young group they're really encouraged that they've been in some of these games where, you know, frustration because you haven't capitalized on quite a few of them, but encouraged in terms of like, we're right there. We just need to get over the hump. So that's important for a young group to feel that way about themselves. And for me, you know, I've, I've touched, I've seen it all. I've seen it all as a coach. I've been through it as a player. Um, I've lost by 39 points on the road to the team that's in last place. And a week and a half later was, you know, cutting down a net in a Big East tournament. So I've uh, been a part of a group that's lost four or five coming in the home stretch of Big East play and makes it to the Big East final and goes on a Final Four run in 2013. So, um, 
been a lot of, <laughs> I've seen it a lot. I've been a lot of different seasons, up and downs. Um, you can draw on past experience and, you know, part of being in this as long as I have, I get to share it with some of the guys I coach and use that as motivational tools to keep moving forward. All right, last one for you, Jerry. Maybe a little quick scouting report on Florida State tonight. Team getting better. Um, off, got off to such a poor start. Um, had some injuries, um, but have the talent. You know, it's a, the kid Bob and Miller who was out for was it 15, 16 games for um, you know benefits or whatever it was, and uh, he's like the prototypical. Florida State big, 6'11", long, athletic, and play on the perimeter, a lot like John Butler was for them last year, who can, can shoot the three. Uh, he's only two for 11, I believe, from the three, but he's capable, you could tell, from a mechanical standpoint of, of being able to knock it down. But, you know, shooting, the kid Darren Green shoots it as well as anybody in our league. He shoots it from deep. you got to locate him in transition, locate him in the half court when we're in our zone. He's going to move and try to stretch the defense. And, uh, they have the option to go big. They can go with the kid McLeod and play behind the defense. They can seal our forwards and center and um, they'll have the option to put the guards in there so Matthew Cleveland and, and Caleb Mills will spend time in the middle of our defense trying to be attacking scorers um, you know and I, I think to get Jalen Worley as a sophomore is kind of settling into that point guard role and, and getting more and more comfortable so I think it's a team on the rise and um, you know, if I were to pick a team at the beginning of the year before the season started of who I thought was going to make a big jump from last year to this year, other than us, I would have said Florida State. I thought they were kind of, you know, young enough and trending toward talented enough to be a player in this league. And I think we're starting to see what they're capable of. They've had a couple eggs, just like we had an egg at Virginia Tech. So, um, you know, they got length, athleticism, shooting, and uh, they give you some issues defensively because they switch one through five on every action. So it's it's an interesting matchup, but they're they're a team that's trending in the the right direction. All right, Jerry, thanks for your time and good luck tonight. Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate it. All right, that was Paulie with Jerry McNamara. We got appreciate. He was he was great. Well well done. Two in a row. He, I'm, I'm going to expect this out of you on a regular basis. No, he didn't laugh out loud when I asked why people don't shoot the skyhook <laughs> anymore. I, he he wanted to. All right, uh, we're up against the uh, the top of the hour here. We'll uh, we'll hit a timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.